Hallelujah. Indeed, may the Lord Jesus Christ take over our lives. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this gathering. Indeed, our prayer tonight is that you will take over our lives, take over our hearts, take over my life, and even grant me all trance, O oh Lord. For the subject matter for tonight, it's all about you. Talking about the issue of bride. Once we talk of a bride, there is a bridegroom. And you are the one. So tonight, it's all about you. For without you, who are we? Take over our lives tonight. And may your word minister to each one of us. And may we even come out of this meeting better prepared as we wait for your coming. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Tonight for our topic, it's about who is a bride. It's a very interesting topic. Who is a bride? For, for far too long, any time I've heard of a bride, I talk we were only talking about the women. But as we'll see tonight, it's a matter that concerns all of us. Man, woman, boy, girl, it's all about us. And particularly when you look at the fact that our very existence, our very life, we're all looking forward to the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Indeed, all what we are doing, all these activities, meetings upon meetings, going into the Word, all the activities, it should translate into us meeting face to face with the Bridegroom and the coming of our Lord. And that is why I believe tonight it's important that we all look at the word concerning the issue of bride. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. Scripture says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. It's husbands loving our wives, Christ loving the church. So there is a marital or a marriage relationship in this matter. 
and there is a bridegroom and there is a bride. For the husbands and wives we currently have, already we have our wives, so we have our husbands. But for the bridegroom, is yet to come. And we who are the bride, who are the church, we are waiting. We are waiting. So it's Christ and his church. Church, the body of Christ. So collectively, we are together as the church. And each one of us, you are a bride, am I a bride, and we are waiting. And what he's saying is, as Christ loves the church, as husbands loves the wives. And here we can see that the bridegroom himself, who is our Lord, in the verse 26, he says, He sanctifies and cleanses with the washing of water by the word. He himself is preparing us for the day. And the preparation is such that he wants to present to himself a glorious church. So as we wait for the coming of the bridegroom, there are issues. We don't know how long, we don't know exactly when he is coming. But there is a waiting period for we as members of the body of Christ. He is coming. As we wait, the various things that will take place, especially the issue of faithfulness, can we wait for him alone and don't have a heart for any other person? And I believe for our sisters who had come to the altar before, I'm sure once you are in your gown, the only man on your mind is the husband you are coming to wait for. If there is any woman coming to the altar, who was you are waiting and in your gown, there is still some other person in your mind, apart from your husband, then something is wrong. Because it is not, or it should not be possible, that while you are seated, waiting to be brought to the altar area, your mind is still on some ex- I hope you understand. Sometimes I know you've been an ex, but it's still subsisting. <laughs> and spiritually, it is a serious issue. We cannot be betrothed expecting to be married to our Lord and then our minds are elsewhere. In Second Corinthians chapter, no, chapter 11, verse 2, Let's quickly look at Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. He says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. We are espoused, including we the men as well, to one husband. It is to only one husband. So as a bride, speaking about the matter before us, you and I as past one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. There can be no contamination 
My mind cannot be any other person but our Lord Jesus Christ. It's an issue of faithfulness. Can you and I remain faithful till the Lord comes? Can we remain faithful? Certainly, our hearts cannot be for anybody else but for our Lord Jesus Christ. And who is a bride? A bride is a woman about to be married. We are about to be married. And Christ and the body of believers, here it is Christ waiting. He is coming to present us to be married to him. And it is for those who have trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. And those who have received him as the Lord of our lives. If I have received Christ and you have received Christ, then he is the one we are waiting for. And I am a bride and you are a bride. So long as you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And you know he has sacrificially and lovingly chosen us. I mean that is how important it is. And I believe that even as a man comes to take a woman's hand, and if the woman doesn't cherish that man that is coming, it is a serious issue. And we should cherish how Christ sacrificially, what he went through, and the price that he paid to take our hand. That alone should set us thinking. He didn't just pick us anywhere from the street. He came from his throne room to pick you and I. Precious blood that he had to shed for you and I. That is how important and how we must put value on our bridegroom. He didn't just come anyhow. He did not just come anyhow to pick us, just met us anywhere, anyhow, and just picked us. A careful plan of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ to come for us as brides. And that is how for me, for this reason, the sacrifice that he went through, the shame, the suffering that he went through to pick you and I is enough to take our marriage with him serious. And as we just read in Second Corinthians, we have an espouse to him, one husband. One husband. And in that relationship, we as brides is to be spotless. Is to be spotless. Brides are those who are redeemed of the Lord. Holy and pure. Wearing our white garments of holiness and righteousness. But by our very nature, we didn't come with the white garment. By our very nature, thank God He's taking us through a process. Because at the beginning, we were not wearing our white garments, we were not bright. But thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, you and I are in a different situation. We are in a different position. And that's why we should cherish this relationship. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, something happened. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. 
No, sorry, First Corinthians. And such, in fact, even if we read before, uh, let's maybe take it from verse 9. Know ye not that unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infamous, nor abusers of themselves of mankind. Verse 10. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortionists shall inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This has brought about that transformation. So that today you and I, because of this, we are bright. So we should not still believe in, in that stage. So because of that process of sanctification and justification, today we are new and we are bright. And the fact that we are bright, I say that we should not defile ourselves. Let's quickly look at Revelation chapter 14 verse 4 and 5. Revelation chapter 4. It says, These are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. Again, we are the brides and we are virgins. And these are they which follow the lamp wheresoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and unto the lamp. Let's stay on the verse 4. We have not been defiled. We are not defiled with women. We are virgins. As brides, we are virgins. It says, and these are they which follow the lamp. First forever he goeth. Are we following the lamp or are we on our own? And these are redeemed from among men. You and I have been redeemed. We are no more the same. And because we are redeemed, we are separated from the worldly environment, the verse 5. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne. As brides, we are without fault. We cannot live our lives with compromises. We are completely separated from the worldly environment. And no falsehood can be found in our mouths because of who we are as brides. So we are different. We are different. We cannot be the same. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 8. And in this whole process of marriage with Christ, one crucial requirement is the garment that we have. Is the garment that we have. So it says, let thy garments be always what? White. Let thy garments be always white. And let thy head lack no ointment. Our garments should always be white. And I'm sure we've all observed people coming to the altar. Once they are in their white, 
it is white and the scripture is saying always our garments should be white and when you are wearing the white garment you need to be extra careful as a bride I mean if you are wearing a white shirt or any white clothing and even you are eating I'm sure you are extra careful such that you don't soil that white shirt how in your white garments you must be extra careful even in the physical and I'm sure for those who use white shirts and other things we are even particular about how you handle it in your eating you are very careful so that you don't soil it and even in washing the white shirt my household will tell you I take even special stains pain to get a special detergent to wear, wash my white shirts because I don't want it stained if, and this is even the physical I don't want any whiting stained so even the selection of the detergents and even when it's washed sometimes they argue with must even clean the light, drying line before you hang it and they think I'm doing something. But you see, when we are talking about your white garment, it must be well kept. And as a bride, your white garment must be handled with care. If you read Reverend Jesselet's this book, page 29, he gave the experience of a church where the Lord revealed to him that in that church, even though people were well clothed, in very expensive clothing, in the spirit they were naked. In the spirit, very few people had a white garment, even though they were supposed to be bright. Some it had faded. And as I remember when we were in secondary school, in those days, not these days, our clothes were even washed by, we had somebody doing the laundry for us. And I remember the man, the man who did the washing, he asked one boy, this white shirt, do you want me to wash it for khaki or for white? Which means the white shirt had faded so much that it could not even be classified as a white shirt. In the sight of God, in Reverend this book, he saw some people, their white garment could not be seen. It looked brownish. And those with those brownish, supposed to be white garments, were people who were living in sin. So whether our garment will continue to be white or not, is the level of sin we're living or allow to affect our lives. In fact, in that same page, he said for some people, it is not only that it has been faded, but they were even holes in the garment. And he said, the Lord showed to him that all those whose garments were not white were not qualified to be brides. And when the Lord came, those people will be left behind. So as a bride, which you and I, as brides, he says, let thy garments be always what? White. Are we going to allow our garments to be white as brides? Because we are the redeemed. 
supposed to be spotless, blameless, without any blame. It should be pure. So we cannot be brides. And then the garments that we have, we treat it anyhow. Because our bridegroom, who is coming and will be coming very soon, is coming to take those whose garments are what? White. And it is sin that will affect the garments that we have. And it is a serious matter. And in Matthew, and if you don't have your garment, that is even worse. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 11 and 2. So the issue of garments is important. It says, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And the verse 12, And he said unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And look, he said, and he was speechless. Because we are supposed to know, as brides, we are supposed to know that the wedding that is coming, we cannot go and meet the bridegroom without our wedding garment. So not surprising, he was speechless. But I pray that none of us will be speechless on that day. Because we as brides, the redeemed of the Lord, those who have trusted and believed in our Lord Jesus Christ, we will keep not only our garments white, but indeed we will have the end of verse 13. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into the outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But that is how important this matter is. So as a bride, as a believer in our Lord Jesus Christ, if you say we are waiting for his coming, and indeed he will be coming, and if we cannot stay and keep our garments white, and we cannot even have the garments at all, he says we will be thrown. You will be bounded what? Hand and foot. And take him away and cast him into the outer darkness. That is how serious this matter is. To be bound hand and foot and placed into the outer darkness. So the issue of our garments is critical. Now, as brides, what do we do to keep our garments white? And to make sure that on the day that he comes, we will not be found wanting. I believe that is the crucial issue. And like I've said, the bride refers to you and I, the body of Christ. Believers, the redeemed, those who trust and believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. We are the bride. And garments are crucial. And he's coming for a spotless, blameless person or bride. Are you and I ready for the coming of the bridegroom?
Are we ready for his coming? And I believe that even as believers, as children of God, the coming of the bride is one of the crucial activities or events we should be looking forward to. The coming of the bridegroom is a crucial event we should be looking forward to. In the same way, the feast, that wedding feast, is another crucial event we should be looking forward to. So, in looking at this matter, what can we do? How? First, in Second Peter chapter three, verses, Second Peter chapter one, verses three and four. Second Peter chapter one. God has given us the power. He says, according as His divine power, have given unto us all things that pertain unto life. And godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. So according as divine power, he has given us what we can do to live unto life and godliness. And the power has been provided and given to us. The only issue is if you are still living in the end time spirit where you don't even cherish the power of God. Maybe let's quickly look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. So if we are of the kind who are just having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, then I'm afraid it might not be easy for you to keep your garments white. So as we go back to Second Peter chapter 3, verse, the verse, yes. It is divine power given unto us that will help us to live this godly life. Which means we must completely surrender to our Lord Jesus Christ. For the power of God to work in us because on our own we cannot. It might not be easy on our own to keep our garments white. But if we allow the power of God to work in us by the grace of God, it will be possible. Hallelujah. So let's begin to put away the ordinary forms of just godliness. Just we are coming and going, coming and going, but denying the power of God because it is the power of God that will help us to live this godly life. Hallelujah. So beloved, brethren, let's allow that divine power of God to work in us. As we allow the power of God to work in us, we will make it. In the same way, it will take the grace. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28, Grace enables us and empowers us to live a life of holiness and obedience to the authority of God. In Hebrews chapter 12 he says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably and reverence and godly fear. 
We all say that, oh, it's by the grace of God. We all say it. It's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. But we need this grace. And we should not just talk about this grace as an excuse for the things that we are doing. But grace that will empower us to live a godly life. So that our garment will be spotless. There will be no spots. No blemish. It will only take the grace of God to enable us to live a totally different life to please our Lord Jesus. Because he says, receiving, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly Without the grace, it will not be easy for many of us. Without the grace, the garment that we have may be soiled. Without the grace, that holiness and purity will be difficult. But we are saying that God should give us the grace. So we have the grace that will empower us to live this godly life in reverence, fear, before the Almighty God. So as we read in Second Peter chapter 2, the divine power will enable us to live that godly life. So that as brides, our garments will not be soiled. We'll be able to keep our garments as white as God wants us to keep it, even as we wait for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the grace, once the grace comes, we'll be able to live a godly life. Then secondly, the Holy Spirit will lead us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. He says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Brethren, if we will allow, if we recognize that we are indeed the temple of God, then even the garment that we are wearing, we will know where we take this temple to. So as the Spirit of God dwells in us, it will help us to live that life which will be blameless, without spots, without wrinkle, pure before the Lord. Because the Spirit of God dwells in us. And as the Spirit of God dwells in us, which means we must be led by the Spirit. Otherwise, the garment that we have, if we are not led and we are doing things on our own, on our own will, doing what pleases us, we will soil our garments. And that will not be pleasing unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So my prayer tonight is that even as the Spirit of God dwells in us, let's allow that Spirit to lead us in whatever we do. As the Spirit is in us, and we are in that white garment, and the Spirit is in us, there are certain things clearly we cannot do. The Spirit cannot be in us. And then even certain conversations and certain games, we can easily play those games. It cannot. You know, this in the course of this week, it's good my wife's division not here. There was a certain lady who wanted to play a joke with me in the office. You know, one lady said, oh, also for your suit is nice, so... Then another lady said, it is not only his suit, but even the person in the suit. 
And I said, in Chimu, You know, if you are not careful, then it leads you. He's not even talking about the suit which is night, but the person in the suit. Where are we going to? <laughs> and if you are not careful, then he says, oh, the lady says you are nice. Nice so what? And that's where if you are not careful in their thoughts, and such conversations and games, you don't get into them. Because if you are not careful, then Satan begins to play on your mind. And it's a thin line. So certain games, you have to put a stop to them there and there. So let's be led. And don't think that you are a macho in this at all. And you know, Satan and his devices, if you think you are standing and you don't take heed, you may fall through some of these little, little things. So let's allow the Spirit because, and you must be conscious of who you are as a bride. You must be conscious of who you are as a bride. You have a certain identity with Christ. You have a relationship with Christ. And I must be conscious of keeping my garment as white as snow. Because if that consciousness is not there, that's why we need to be conscious of who we are in our relationship with Christ. And don't take anything light at all and think it's a game or a joke. So we must be led. Then again, trying to keep our garment white. In First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 4. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Each one of us, as a bride, waiting for your bridegroom, waiting for the bridegroom to come. Each one of us. The power of God will be there to help us. The grace of God will be there to help us. But we ourselves, the Spirit of God will be there to help us. But we ourselves, every one of us, should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here we have a part to play. We have a part to play. I need to keep my vessel. You need to keep your vessel. I know how to possess my vessel. You should know how to possess your vessel. Unto sanctification and unto honor. Amen. And Joseph showed us. He showed us how to keep his vessel. And as you can see, the woman who tried to disturb him was not an ordinary woman. I mean, to be a Potiphar's wife, I'm sure will not be an ordinary woman. But Joseph was able to go through, to flee, to run, just to make sure that his garments will not be soiled. And that example is there for all of us. 
So he was able to work out that sanctification to the glory of God to show that yes, indeed, he knew his God. So he said, I will not sin against God. As a bride, can we remain faithful and say that we will not sin against our Lord Jesus Christ? Because he has clothed us in a white garment. And having clothed us in a white garment, I believe because he knows that he can trust us, we are trustworthy enough to keep our garments white as snow. So it is to the honor of our Lord Jesus Christ that we keep our garments white even as we wait for him. Hallelujah. Are we ready? Are we conscious of who we are? Do we know who we are? I'm a bride of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a bride of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming. And he is coming very soon. So he says, every one of you, every one of us should know. You ask me, so how do I possess my vessel? I'm sure we all know when we are confronted with situations. What do I do? What do you have to do? And may the Lord give us enough wisdom. Even when we come to the stage where we have to run and flee and to keep our vessels the way we want to keep it. Hallelujah. Because our bride, the bridegroom, is coming. And as he comes, he is coming to meet a church prepared. A church which is spotless. Is there any spot in us? Is there any wrinkle in us? Is there any blame that we need to address? Christ saying we belong to him. The issue is we may say, but when is the bridegroom coming? The day and when he is coming, he has not told us. All we have to do is that we are waiting. We are in a state of preparation, waiting for his coming. And we need to remain sober. And we need to be wise. You remember in Matthew chapter 25, the ten virgins, they were waiting for the bridegroom. But each time I read that whole, all those verses under Matthew 25, these were virgins. These were virgins. But yesterday, the bridegroom left them. Because they were not wise enough to fill their lamps with oil. As you and I are waiting for the bridegroom, have we considered our situation? If he is to come tonight, are we ready? If he is to come tonight, do we have sufficient oil? There's a question for you and I. Is my garment white enough if he comes right now to go with him? 
That is why even as we look at this subject matter, the preparation of the bride, we have to be thorough. The preparation of the bride, we shouldn't take it lightly. The preparation of every bride, our minds should be focused. We need to remain faithful. What do we have in our hearts? Are we thinking about our things? Are we faithful enough? That is the issue before us. Because the bridegroom, as he cometh, he says he's coming for a glorious church. People whose garments are as white as snow. Spotless. Are we able to keep our garments white? That is a prayer and a cry for us tonight. Scripture says, who is a bride? Do you think you qualify enough to be a bride? That is the question we are posing tonight. For him, once he died for us, if we will accept him as our Lord and Savior, if we will accept him for who he is, if we will accept not to contaminate ourselves, if we will accept to be blameless, if we can keep our purity, then we can be sure that when he comes, he will take us along. But if not, and I don't think any of us see that here tonight, we want to be like any of the five who were left behind. These were virgins, but were left behind. You and I have accepted our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I know why we are here. We cannot be left out. We cannot be left behind. We pray that the Lord will grant us that power enough to be able to transform or even keep our garments. Sufficient grace to serve Him acceptably. To have that spirit to be able to be led. And we ourselves will know how to possess our vessels. But it is not going to be an easy task. It is not going to be an easy task. Because in that testimony, that Reverend Jesus shared, he said, for that whole church, there were only a few whose garments were white. And for me, that is what, when I read it, he said, only a few whose garments were white. But I believe that will not be our situation. In our situation, our prayer is that many of us, if not all of us, our garments should be white. Our garments should be white. And what he said was that while the service were going on, the angels were changing some people's garments. Because those people had a pure heart and they repented even while the service was going on. So even each time we sit in service, when we hear the word, and it is a word that will cleanse us, it is a word that will give us that right standing in the sight of the Lord. Even whilst we are seated, 
let's have that meekness of heart to repent there and then. Because in the process, he said, people's garments were being changed as the service was going on. So in my prayer tonight, including myself, even as we hear the word, may the Lord change our garments if it is not in the right state. If any of us, our garment has been soiled, if any of us, our garment is soiled, if there is anything, God is faithful enough to dispatch his angels to change our garments. That is how our God loves us. So each time we, see, we sit in service and the word comes, let's know that we came in here individually. It is a church though, but we came in here individually. And when the day that the trumpet will sound, it is an individual. So as the word comes forth, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, even in a Sunday school class, as we hear the word, if only we can repent, the angels will change our garments for us. Let's not take this matter lightly. Because we need the garment as we wait for the bridegroom. He's coming for those whose garments are white as snow. And you and I are the bride, the body of Christ. As individuals, my garment should be white. Your garment should be white. And on that day when we all make it, Christ himself, the bridegroom, I mean, can you imagine the bridegroom, he himself coming in, and the bride's your clothing, you are not ready. It will be a great disappointment. But that will not be said of us. That should not be said of us. And you know, I must say that each time, even on a Wednesdays like this, also for each time we come for a midweek service, and I even see our number like this, I rejoice in my heart that people will struggle and come on a Wednesday like this to hear the word of God. But then let's keep them fighting. Let's keep the spirit. Let's keep. I know most of us are tired. But I believe we know why we are here. Because our bridegroom is coming very soon. And when we should be in a state of readiness. Constantly in a state of readiness. None of us should give up. None of us should. Let's continuously be conscious of our, our relationship. And the garment that we have. That we are the bride and he is coming. And constantly our garments should be as white as snow. Let's keep on serving our God. In all reverence. And in all fear. Let's continue to serve Him in faithfulness. Let's continue to depend on Him. Let's continue to wait patiently for His coming.
for he is coming very because he himself said behold i come quickly he himself said it and he's coming for his church he's coming for you and i let's stay the way we are let's stay in such a way that he will come and find us worthy let's come and find us as true bright whose garments are as white as snow shall we be on our feet I believe we know who we are as believers we've given our lives to Christ he said he's coming again he is the bridegroom. But his standards are high. He doesn't settle for anything cheap. He wants those whose garments are as white as snow. A glorious church. A glorious church. Am I a worthy bride? Are you a worthy bride? To be married, to be joined, to be united to the bridegroom. The bridegroom is coming soon. We are waiting. But in this waiting period, brethren, we have to remain faithful. You and I have to remain faithful. Nothing should take our heart. The issues of the world. The attractions of the world are nothing to be compared with the coming of our bridegroom. Let no one deceive you. Let no Satan deceive you for his coming. Let no one soil your garment. Let nothing take your heart. Let's begin to pray. For the bridegroom is coming. He's coming for the bride. Our prayer is that we will remain faithful. Faithful to the end. Faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ. Patiently waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we have the heart to love Him. We will love Him and Him alone. Nothing will take our hearts. Pray that nothing should take our hearts. Not even our career. Not money. Not my position. Not your position. No other person, no other authority, no doctrine, but the love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, He is the only bridegroom worth expecting. And He says, He's coming. Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Let's provoke one another.
As we wait for that glorious coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let our church be different. Let CFCC be different. It shall not be the church that Reverend Jesse this spoke about. No. Brethren, let's resolve and provoke one another unto godliness. To keep ourselves pure as a bride. Let's provoke one another to keep ourselves pure for we are virgins. Let's keep our virginity. May the Lord help us. Blameless. That each one of us will remain blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. None of us will soil his garment. Let's live in this consciousness. Because we have an identity. We have an identity that we are waiting, no matter how long we are waiting. We are waiting for the coming of our bridegroom. Nothing should stand in our way. Nothing should take our hearts. What can be compared to our bridegroom who is coming? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. We pray that all every member of CFCC, including the branches as well, we will give a serious thought to this matter of who we are as a bride. Each one of us. This matter should weigh strongly in our hearts that we are waiting for the bridegroom. And that always our garments shall be white. Forever and ever our garments shall be white. None of us will be deceived. No other person will take our hearts. Because Christ is all that we need. Our God has given us all that we need. Besides our Lord Jesus Christ, there is no other. There is no other. There is no other. Father, give us that. Let that divine power work in each one of us. Let your divine power work in each one of us. To live a godly life. We need it, Lord. Father, grant us the grace that will empower us to live to please you. As we live in reverent fear before you. Lord, may your spirit lead us. May your spirit lead us. May your spirit lead us. Certain conversations should not be of interest to us. Certain games that we play should not be of interest to us. And each one of us, we should learn how to possess our vessels. Lord, help us. Father, help us. Lord, help us. To keep our virginity. Father help us. To keep our focus. On your coming. Nothing else. Nothing else should stand in our way. 
Nothing that should stand in us between us and our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us. Father, help us those whose faith is weak. Help us. Strengthen us. Let us grow in our faith in you. Knowing that you are coming. You are coming very soon. We know we have waited far enough. But definitely you are coming. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And our love is for you alone. Our love is for you alone. And we will not share our love for you with anyone else. None of us should share his love for you with anyone else. The Lord alone deserves our love. You alone deserves our love. Our love for you should be forever and ever. Will be forever and ever. Oh, how we love Jesus. Oh, how we love Jesus, may the ambassadors, choir helpers. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh. about thank you so much for bringing us such a great reminder that we cannot be careless but we should be alert as bride because you are soon coming oh father we especially thank you for this reminder Now we pray to you, Lord, 
for ourselves. Make it no easy for us when we seem to be slipping in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, without you what can we do? Therefore we are asking you, conscientize us, break our hearts, put in us the fear of the Lord and the hate for evil in the name of Jesus. May we take delight in the law of God and may we grow day by day by the word of the Lord. My Father, Indeed, we confess tonight that we have not made it yet. Therefore, we are saying, help us in our walk with you. In the name of Jesus, deliver us from evil. The packages that Satan has worked on and he's bringing our way, deliver us from them in the name of Jesus. And cause that, O oh God, our hearts be directed to the love of God and to the coming of the Lord Jesus. We are grateful, grateful, grateful. We thank you, Father, for reminding us again of this important marriage that is to take place. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, there comes a time you are running the race and it's as if you can run it anyhow. When Pastor Bimpon was speaking, I was reminded of once again by this virgins as he, 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 he mentioned. And you will observe that it's not as if the people were not ready. They were ready. But how come they miss is another matter. So none of us can take it light at all. What we have heard, may we commit ourselves to it and walk worthy of the word of God. Amen.